Welcome on into Salt City FC. Hey, we're back. Um, and so is RSL. They're back from the dead. Sean Walker with me. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on the Salt City FC podcast. Sean, how are you, buddy? Jake, it's good to hear your voice once again. And all right, I'm going to I'm going to give the fans a little peek behind the curtain. Okay. I joked with you the other day about recording this podcast. Uh-huh. And I said, "Hey, when should we record an RSL postmortem?" <laughs> and the the answer to that is now going to be officially in at least one more week. Yeah. Cuz they're back. Yeah, they are back. I guys, as I tweeted last night, I tweeted the evervescent uh, meme of the Undertaker um sitting up and it it was stunning, Sean. Literally stunning. I, I went into yesterday, decision day in MLS, and I thought, okay, well, it was a good season for RSL. They're going to fall a little bit short, similar to what uh, 2017 played out as. And then the Los Angeles Galaxy's leaky defense came through in the end, and RSL has life and are in the playoff. It's true. That's exactly that's I like that. That's a that's a great drop in there, Sean. Sean running kind of the controls for us today. He's got a bunch of the stuff on a sound bar, so appreciate him doing that. But Sean, how stunning was it to at halftime? I got an alert on my phone that said, "Hey, the LA Galaxy lead the Houston Dynamo two 0 And I, I further thought, okay, well, it's a good year for RSL. We'll do this post mortem and we'll we'll move on to next year. And then I see a goal, another goal. So at that point, when it's 2-2, RSL, all they needed from Houston was a draw to make it the playoffs. And then Houston, just for good measure, decides to put it 3-2 and really ensure that RSL is going through to face LAFC. Yeah, and I think Houston, Houston forward Manuel Manotas summed it up perfectly with a tweet after the match, simply saying, you're welcome, RSL. <laughs> uh, if there's not a statue to Minotas in front of Rio Tinto Stadium by this time next season, I, I feel like RSL marketing will have uh, m- sincerely missed a great opportunity right now. I have a sneaking suspicion that will not happen, Sean, but I, I like the sentiment and it's true. It was your welcome RSL. Houston. He also, uh, he also used the wrong your, but English is a second language. We'll forgive him. Good point. But it was it was a massive lift for an RSL team that was sitting home. They had seen their chances at controlling their fate taken away from them due to some poor results down the stretch of this season. They sat back and Houston came through in the end. And now RSL, it's one of those things, Sean, that you look at and you say, this is what sports is all about. You, you expect the unexpected. And I know you have some of the sound of some of the goals from this match. So let's get to it. Let's start off with LA, LA Galaxy taking the lead here. Ashley Cole. This is good. Here's Ashley Cole now for the Galaxy. Plays it along for Ola. off and running for only so long until the second half when Houston decided to take it right away from him. You'll get the whistle. Manotas steps into this one, fires, and he scores! And suddenly we have a new game here as the Galaxy have conceded two. 
There we go. So uh, going into the match, Sean, as most people knew, a draw would do it for RSL in terms of the tiebreaker because RSL had one more win on the season than the LA Galaxy did. But Mauro Minotis, like you mentioned, the the reason why uh, RSL should be building a statue is because this is what he went out and did for him. Right. You saw Minotis come up with a huge, huge play in what our friends across the pond like to refer to as squeaky bum time. Well, the fine Martinez here. Elise once again taking into the area. Elise playing it through. It is 3 2. Houston Marotas finding the back of the net. Man, I expect the unexpected sports. It's the only uh, reality show I'll ever need in my life. I think a lot of sports fans can relate. That and Bachelor in Paradise. No, not even the Bachelor in Paradise, Sean. I, you and you and uh, Mrs. Hatch would get along well because she's a big fan of shows like that. Me, on the other hand, not so much because sports seems to offer everything I could ever want and more when it comes to all of the emotion, all of the just sheer absurdity of it all playing out in real time. No, you're you're absolutely right. And and full disclosure, I did not watch this entire match. Uh, unlike Mike Pecky, who was at a barbecue with his assistant coaches and a couple staff members, and uh, he did watch hashtag fake much. news. Yeah, hashtag fake news. Um, he did watch almost the entire match, all but the first thirty seconds, thanks to his son who wanted him to kick PKs. Uh, you'll hear more about that in a second. Yep. But uh, I did not watch this whole match. I. Uh, Jake, you know I don't like to bring religion into podcasting, but I was at church on Sunday. You know, trying, yeah, trying trying to pray to the soccer gods that uh, maybe I could get a trip to Los Angeles later this weekend. Well, you were rewarded. I was actually at a family party for the first half. Uh, we have a we had a family thing where we had a chili cook off. I was the defending champion and came in a disappointing fourth place. Luckily for RSL, my poor chili cook off record did not reflect in them because, like you said, Sean, you get you get the trip. You're going to LA this this week to catch RSL in a playoff match against LAFC, and it's going to be a big time showing because uh, LAFC, of course, the first year club. Going to be a lot of excitement in that stadium, but also I think Sean Real Salt Lake is going to be supremely motivated now to go out and make sure that they don't have things taken away from them because they they saw that slip away. They saw their control of their playoff fate taken away from them, and it had to be a really unnerving feeling. And now that they have new life, I don't think you're going to see them take it for granted. Right, and and you heard a lot about that uh, earlier today at training where RSL's coaches, RSL's players, even RSL staff members are really rejuvenated. Uh, by this moment, because they were, uh, for all intents and purposes, pretty much dead in the water. You know, they technically still had a playoff spot, but Houston was coming into L.A. and they had only won two road games all year. Galaxy needed a win over the Dynamo to to secure their playoff passage, and they've got the Dos Santi brothers. They've they've got Zlatan. Uh, I am Zlatan. I am the Lion. Yeah, they've got all this star power. It's L.A. or Carson, whichever you prefer. But but they've got all the star power that that entails. And so RSL was was pretty much out of the water. And now all of a sudden they're in. And this was uh, among, if not their chiefest goals at the start of the season. It was simply get back to the playoffs. You can't you can't win a cup unless you make it into that field of field of twelve or field of six in the Western Conference at the end. And RSL knew that painstakingly missing the playoffs by one point last year, and they knew we just got to get back to the playoffs and see what happens. And that's kind of what they did. Yeah. And now they're playing with house money. 
Exactly. Now, now they're in, and the nice part is, Sean, if you really think about it, that weekend off, RSL should be the w- most well-rested team uh, going into the playoffs of any team because they didn't play last week. There was, with 23 teams in the league, one team was the odd team out on decision day, and it just happened to be Real Salt Lake. The fact they're in the playoffs now and they're facing a – it's a short week for LAFC having played on Sunday, having to turn around and now play on Thursday – RSL should go into that match well-rested and ready to go. And uh, we caught up with Mike Pecky a little bit after training uh, earlier Monday, and he actually said that ex- that exact same thing, where LA- yeah, LAFC gets the home game, RSL also gets the extra rest, they should in theory have the extra legs, and that's kind of what he talked about during a little 10-minute chat uh, with the media pitch side at Zions Bank Real Academy. beautiful Sunday um, hung out with the kids it was a great Sunday normal Sunday Discret- no anxiety. I'm sorry no stress no anxiety at all. Um, on a serious note stress and anxiety and trying to figure out if that's what I would call it I'm a control freak not not in a psychotic way you know but I like to be in control of what happens to me my team you know and so yesterday was tough in that regard you know um, I had the whole staff over uh, and their families, had a great barbecue, uh, played some soccer in the backyard with the kids, all of us, and then the game came on and we were scattered throughout the house on TVs, computers, and I relied on my staff screams and oohs and ahs, and then I eventually went and watched a lot of the game. So it was, a, it was an interesting day, but uh, as soon as the game ended, we were in my office with the staff, spending time uh, about uh, the game against LAFC. And describe the feeling when you found out or heard the final whistle blow 3-2 you guys were moving on to the playoffs just how good that felt it felt good because we deserve it you know we deserve it we had more wins than them um, I feel we have a better team than them we've played better than them um, so to come down to the last day you know I think that it was justified in my opinion you know uh, we had done enough point wise we had a target points and we got we got our target points the, the issue was that this year the line raised from last year um, so we're in, and now it's everything's wiped clean. Uh, there's six teams that are vying to move on. So uh, I'm sorry, there are four teams vying to move on to meet the other two. So we're one of those six. So we're we're excited, um, but now it's business again. At what point did you start watching the game? <laughs> well, you're going to analyze what point. <laughs> I watched it from the beginning. I just walked in and out. I, I, I watched the whole. So I'm not going to get scrutinized here. I didn't watch the game. I mean. <laughs> I mean, there's something on the, on the, on the MLS.com, Mike Pecky's having a barbecue. Like, I mean, you got to be kidding me. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that it was taken out of context by many people. Yeah, I had a barbecue, but it was revolving around my staff and watching the game. So, I mean, people need to, to get a grip. At what point? Um, I think it was the 32nd second. 32nd second that I actually walked in and started watching it. And that was because my oldest wanted me to kick PKs on him in the backyard. <laughs> the eight months to get into the playoffs, and then it's just it's just down to one game at this point, the, the knockout round. And then you get into the series and probably a little bit longer. How much pressure on both teams in a knockout game like this, whether you're home or away? Um, I mean, of course, there's always pressure, but there's pressure in preseason games. You know, my job as a coach is 
filled with pressure, you know, and the players have pressure too. It's how you deal with that pressure and different people deal with it differently. You know, experience comes into that. Um, having been in situations like this comes into it. I mean, I've been in this game for 20 years. I've been in many knockout games and many one-off games. Um, but I will say that the guys are, are excited. The guys are happy because, like I said before, we all feel we deserve to be in the playoffs. Uh, we're set up very differently than a lot of teams. and We're set up very differently than the team we're playing uh, in, in the knockout game. Uh, so I take pride that with these young guys and, and, and the ups and downs that we've had that we that we reached our initial goal, which is to get in the playoffs. So now whatever pressure that we have, you have to use it as fuel. You know, if anybody's going to go out there and be nervous or, or feel some pressure, I mean, pressure to me is not playing a one-off game in beautiful, sunny L.A., you know? Pressure is people who are trying to find their next meal and stuff like that, you know? that, that That's pressure. This shouldn't be pressure. Last year, kind of down the stretch, I think your 11 was pretty clear-cut. This year, the last month, there's kind of been a variety of guys that have played. How difficult are the lineup choices going to be for your staff, and how much do you look at the opponent to try and figure out what you're going to do in this situation? Um, it's always difficult, you know? I have three or four different scenarios that I'm going to go with. I will say that this is a game that uh, I'm trying to use. A, I don't want to use a certain saying that we use around because I think it's, I'm sure, in this day and age, it's going to get picked apart. But whatever. Uh, what, what I say is I want to pick people who I'll go to battle with. Obviously, this is not battle, you know, in a sporting context I'm talking about. Um, and they have to have qualities on the ball as well, you know. I mean, my, my wife I'd go to battle with any day, but I'm not going to put her out against LAFC. My point is is that they have, I want to go to battle with certain players that I know are going to step, step up and battle for me, but they also have to have qualities. Um, so... We have a couple of options, and, and we've been working on those options. It's not like we're going to spring at the last second to the team the day of the game. You know, we will work on a couple of different scenarios, and, and time will tell. What are some of the things that LAFC does that you think is going to give you the most, I don't want to say problems, but, you know, the things that you're keying in on the most? A lot. Well, I'm not going to give away what we're keying in on, you know. <laughs> certainly not going to tell you what we're working on. You've got to get them down. But they're a very talented team. They have very special players. Um, they're very dynamic in their movement. You know, they, you could say all you want. They play in this formation, but players are interchangeable. Players are flowing. They have players that want the ball and can spray it. Um, and if you're isolated with a certain key number, key members of their team, close enough you, they're going to make you pay um, but tactically I'm not going to talk about tactically right now do, do you take a lot out of the first couple of times that you played them because like the first time obviously didn't go very well for you guys but it seems like you got better and better against LAFC or are they just such a different team now that they're totally different listen we are by far the underdog in this game not only by seeding but like you said by the two games we played this year by where they finish if you put all that together you know we're, we're the underdog it's but it's a one-off game uh we know how talented they are uh we're not fearful of them we're, we're very respectful of, of what they of, of their capabilities um from the coaching staff down to the players um so we know it's going to be a very difficult battle do we look back on the previous two games yeah i'm sure i'm sure a lot of us do you know i can't speak for every player but i'm sure a lot of them do do i i look at this as a, a chance to play them a third time you know it's definitely not going to be the same game uh in many ways as 
the first game we played against them eight months ago. You know, they've changed a lot, we've changed a lot. And even the most recent game a couple of months ago, you know, there's been many games since then. Um, but we just know it's going to be a very difficult environment to play in, a very difficult team to play against. And we have to show up at, at our best. If we show up at our best, then it gives us a be uh, the best chance possible to, to move on. Coach, what do you make of Carlos Bella? One national team player, played the World Cup, and so many people follow him. Yeah, he's a special, he's one of the special players, if not the special player, you know, but they have a number of them on that team. Um, he's a fantastic player, he's been great for this league, he's been great for that team. Um, and to me, one of the most special things about him is you know not to put him on his left foot, yet he still finds a way to get in his left foot and, and score. So that's a special player and that's a special, he plays well in that system as well. Kyle was saying that um, at this point now you guys are playing with house money. Would you agree with that? <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we're playing with house money. Yep, that sounds good. I like that. Mike, is the silver lining of kind of relinquishing control and not have being able to play on Sunday the fact that you guys were resting? Does that give you, I don't want to say an advantage, but you're going to be fresh legs in L.A. probably not quite so much. No, well, yeah. Do you think that's yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to be fresh, but they're professionals and they're experienced players. And they're the players on that team are game time players. So I don't think they're going to let a situation that they've only had four days rest, yet we've had eight or nine or whatever it is, that that's going to get in the way. You know, I hope it is, you know, but I can't see that happening. They're going to, you know, they're going to get themselves, their legs right over these next couple of days. They came back right after the game immediately after the game um, last night. So they had an extra night in their own beds. I don't see that being a, uh, a huge thing. With, 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 the, with this team being on the younger side, have you already kind of started to tell them about what playoffs mean, what, what the type of mentality is that you got to come with? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I think in the way that we handled this last week was a playoff mentality. So it's not like you sit them down and say, here's what the playoffs are going to be like. The pressure's this. The, you, know, you know, they have to experience that for the first time if they haven't already. Um, I can't go through my whole roster right now to figure out on top of my head who has not been in the playoff game. But they've all been in big games in their lives. Um, but just the way that we've wanted to handle this last seven, eight days was, you know, before the game last week, the, the thing was we're preparing to play next Wednesday or Thursday. No, it doesn't matter what happens this Sunday. That's what we're preparing for. And we did. And, and so it was a playoff mentality. It was a lot of bite practice. And um, I think that they're in that zone right now. There you go. RSL head coach Mike Pecky. Sean, I think that he's going into this match understanding that, hey, my guys are going to be rested. They'll be ready to go. They have to go on the road, of course, to LAFC, a club that they've struggled against in their two ma previous matches this year. Of course, the home opener, LAFC came in and absolutely roughed up Real Salt Lake or Rio Tinto Stadium 5-1. Uh, it wasn't much better down there in LA in their second match. But I think at this point, Sean, RSL has been battle-tested this season. We talked about previously that they, they're not taking anything for granted here, and they're going to go into this match motivated to prove themselves. Yeah, certainly feeling motivated. I mean, they've been outscored by Los Angeles Football Club 7-1 uh, to one on aggregate in two matches. But, Jake, in this series all-time, do you know who scored the first-ever goal between RSL and LAFC? Ooh, and I should think about that. It would have been that first match... Um, that would, I don't know. That Who would have been none other than RSL Joao Plata making history against LAFC. So they've <laughs> got that going for them in a 5-1 loss. 
Um, and then really for the second half of of that uh, that game in Los Angeles, you can make the case that RSL was the better team, and they had really two kind of two and a half moments of slip ups. They gave up two goals to LAFC when they went down to Bank of California Stadium, and that proved to be the scoreline. But they got better as the game went on. This is a team that that started out really young. They're still really young, but they've gradually gotten a little bit better uh, against most competition. And LAFC, on the other hand, is they're floundering a little bit lately. They, you know, they've got a weird, just head scratching tie two weeks ago against the Vancouver Whitecaps, uh, home draw that that pretty much kept Vancouver uh, out of the playoffs. And then last week they had a chance to clinch home field advantage through the West, at least, a Western Conference regular season title, and they gave away a loss to Sporting Kansas City, and, and Sporting takes that that uh, conference championship. So they're struggling. They're not playing great, and head coach Bob Bradley even admitted after the game on Sunday that they're not playing great right now, but the playoffs are a second season, and they're hoping they can get a little bit of that spark and a little bit of that fire to start a run. Because really, and RSL fans know this as well after that 2-0 loss to Portland, once those playoffs start and you're in, nobody cares what you did right before if you go and you win this knockout round. This is a perfect time to build up momentum and go in. And Sean, I'm with you on that. I think that the the momentum factor is absolutely in play here. Yeah, it is a new life. This is a new season. Uh, a lot of people talk about that in playoffs in any sports. Uh, but I'm I'm very interested to see what RSL does. They should be at full strength going in there on Thursday night. You mentioned the fact that LAFC has floundered in recent weeks, and hopefully RSL can take advantage of that. Uh, I. I'm with you. The second half of that game at Bank of California Stadium, RSL did have a better showing against this LAFC side. And like you mentioned, the fact that with LAFC not in top form coming into this match, RSL having those extra legs, um, in essence, having that weekend off, getting ready for this game. I'm of the opinion that this is a legitimate toss-up game rather than what it might have considered to be, let's say, if it were LAFC versus LA Galaxy, who was expected to take this slot. If you get those two in that match, uh, I think that you you would argue that it was not as much of a toss-up. I think this one's a legitimate toss-up because of what Real Salt Lake's got coming to this match having the weekend off. Yeah, and of course, there's always the old cliche that it's hard to beat a good team three times. I'm not sure RSL has proven itself to be more than a good team, but they're definitely a good team here in Major League Soccer. I mean, they're they're a playoff team. They're definitely good, maybe not to that greater elite level um, like some clubs, like some RSL fans certainly want them to be, but they've proven themselves as a good team. And so with a little motivation, a little extra rest, and frankly, just a, a, an opportune time against an opponent, I don't hate RSL's chances for winning this one in Los Angeles. No, I'm with you, and I, it, it'll be interesting. I, I know that there have been some sleeper picks that have picked Real Salt Lake to advance out of this round and then get knocked out in the Western Conference semifinals. In my opinion, Hi, Sean, like Dick said, to Jimmy pre- Conrad. Oh, say that one more time. Shout out to Jimmy Conrad. Yeah, Jimmy Conrad. Of course, I forgot the name. Yeah, Jimmy Conrad. Absolutely. But love, here's the thing, you, Sean. At this point, it's it's house money, like you mentioned earlier on in the podcast for Real Salt Lake. They didn't expect to be here. Uh, they felt like it was a one in a million shot. Uh, what's what Mike Pecky said after that loss at Portland. They're, they've made it. They've, they're feeling good about themselves. And they should play fast and loose, and that should help them in a, in a match on the road this Thursday.
Yeah, 100%. 100%. I totally agree. All right, Sean. Also, um, also, any other... Th- you, go ahead. You know what they say about RSL making the playoffs. What's That's that? Good. That's good. <laughs> it is good. We do like that. We do like the fact that RSL is back in the playoffs. It would have been tough, Sean, to do a post-mortem on this season and talk about for the second straight year that RSL had been on the doorstep of making the playoffs but didn't make it. But now they're in. They they can point to the fact that they made it this year. For all the for all of the different storylines we had this season for RSL, the unbeaten home run they had, the fact that they couldn't win on the road for most of the year, uh, players playing in new positions, Demir Krylock's emergence, Corey Baird doing what he does. This has been an incredible season, Sean, to think of all the twists and turns it's had, and I'm very excited to see what Thursday night gives us for maybe what might be the final twist or turn. Yeah, and, and you didn't even mention RSL's Defender of the Year. Brooks Lindman making another move to yeah. uh, to right back, really flourishing, excelling on that back line there. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right, though, Jake. There have been so many twists, so many turns. This season has been, if nothing else, very entertaining for RSL fans, and I think they should count themselves lucky for that. Uh, I, I know it hasn't always been great, but it also hasn't always been bad. And really, like you mentioned earlier, Sports are the the greatest reality TV show known to man, and RSL fans definitely got their money's worth this season. No yeah, absolutely. And I think the one good thing you can take away from this, Sean, is I, I've been reading up on some of these other playoff teams and whatnot. Uh, Matt Doyle, and I, of course, I bring him up a lot on this podcast. I really do like his work for MLSsoccer.com. Um, he talked about on Twitter earlier today that he likes what RSL has done. They have played their homegrown players. They played the young guys. Speaking of guys like Corey Baird, uh, of course, Brooks Lennon, also in that mix, Justin Glad. He said that that is what he wants to see from this league as a whole. And he also said it's, it's rewarding to see a young team like Real Salt Lake make it into the playoffs by relying on the youth movement when other teams, let's look at, uh, let's say, the Portland Timbers, who RSL lost to in their season finale, the regular season finale. They got some older players up there. So they might be one of their last chances to make a run. Meanwhile, Real Salt Lake's looking forward and saying, "Yeah, we got it. We our our window was just cracking open. We're going to have an opportunity here over the next two to three to four years to really make some noise." Yeah, and building that momentum at a great time with still a new coach. I know Mike Pecky has been here for a year and a half, but that's still pretty new, pretty young with this side and with this franchise. I'm not sure Pecky has quite yet put his entire thumbprint on this Real Salt Lake team. And if you're an RSL fan, that's really exciting because they're gradually getting better. And once he really does start to to kind of leave his stamp on this organization and, and get it going, I, I mean, really good things are bound to happen. And this is a guy who won a supporter shield in, in just two seasons with New York Red Bulls. So obviously he can coach. I mean, he was an up-and-comer for years and years and, and then very unceremoniously and oddly and head-scratchingly fired by the Red Bulls, but that's RSL's game now, and, and you, you see them, I mean, you see these little signs of progress where you realize in a couple of years, give this guy a little bit more time, let him, you know, let him make the right acquisitions, bring in the right guys, uh, bring in the right guys around him, the right players on the field, that sort of thing, and, and this youth movement that RSL is also in the middle of, and and the future could be really exciting for this club. 
Absolutely. Um, Sean, before we close things out, uh, I I do want to get some of your thoughts on some of the other teams that made it. I've been absolutely amazed at what DC United has done. They open a new stadium. Uh, they sign our boy Wayne Rooney, and they make a run, and they're now in the playoffs in the East when they were left for dead earlier this season. just shows you how long of a season it is in MLS and how quickly um, fortunes can change if you get players that start to buy in and really uh, start playing well. Yeah, Wayne Rooney gets all the headlines, and he is our boy. You're you're absolutely right, friend friend of the podcast. Can we get him sure, on the well, show one day? Uh, I know he's been on Men and Blazers, so why not? We can probably get him on Salt City FC. Yeah, let's call up let's call up our friends over at MLS Soccer or over at DC United <laughs> and try to get him on here. But but I know he gets all the headlines. But the emergence of Lucho Acosta as well, Luciano Acosta for DC, yep. uh, really hard to understate, obviously. And and I just keep. It, you make fun. You're going to make fun of me more and more and more. But just what Atlanta United was able to do in what's turned out to be the final year of Tata Martino and and uh, and Yosa Martinez obviously breaking the uh, MLS goal scoring record. I mean, drawing seventy thousand fans a game there in a, in the South. You know, mad uh, uh, an area that is mad for the other other kind of football, if you will, SEC country. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that can't be taken away as well. Uh, and then Sporting Kansas City's late charge here, uh, number one seed in the Western Conference, and really maybe not quite left for dead a couple months ago, but kind of floundering along with RSL right on the edge of the playoff picture. So I, I think that's a fantastic story as well. I mean, really, there there are great storylines all around with these uh, MLS Cup playoffs getting ready to start here Wednesday night. Yeah, there's going to be some fun ones. And um, one note to note before we go, Sean, about LAFC in particular. I'm just reading up on this. I just saw this. Um, so this is from Matt Doyle's piece on MLS soccer. He calls the Achilles heel of LAFC. And I'll just quote this here. Playing pretty soccer is coming to something of a price. As the 52 goals conceded is second worst among playoff teams behind. Think about it. Think about it. Real Salt Lake. <laughs> So you're saying get to thir- get in front of your TV early on Thursday night because it could be a banger. Yeah, so he adds here that, um, of course, uh, LAFC's hosting uh, um, RSL, who they'll be hosting. So the game should be high scoring, but because it's MLS, this is definitely going to PKs after 120 goalless minutes. <laughs> that's fair. No, that's that would, fair. That would be death desserts, absolutely. Because I could totally see something like that happening. <laughs> Yeah, no, no problem. I mean, it's always the games that you expect to be the most uh, the most shootouty that actually end up going to a shootout. Yep. So that's that's why we love sports. That's why we keep watching. That's why we will keep watching the MLS Cup playoffs, even if half of the matches of this opening round are uh, only on ESPN Plus, streaming only on ESPN Plus. Yeah, but it costs you five bucks a month, and I think it's well worth the investment. I've been very pleased with how it's worked so far. And that is future ESPN Plus broadcaster Jake Hatch. (laughs) Yeah, right. Okay. Anyways, Sean, um, any final thoughts from you before we close out this edition of Salt City FC? Uh, Really just one, Jake. You know that in addition to being a soccer fan and a podcaster and a part-time other stuff in the Salt Lake sports media market, I'm also a fashionista. It's true. And I got to say, I really appreciate the way that you arrived to this podcast. Oh, nice dear. leather pants. Nice leather Play pants. That. Oh, dear. I did not wear leather pants. Sean, stop pulling back the curtain too much. 
<laughs> they look good though. They look good. I appreciate that. And of course, that's Kyle Whittingham, the esteemed head coach of the Utah Utes, who are six and two in right. the country. Get it, get it right. What's what's the what's the adjective? What is the adjective? What's the adjective? Number number sixteen. Number sixteen, Utah Utes. Fair enough. Don't ever forget it. But number one, number one in our hearts. Now it's the truth. Number one in our hearts, but number 16 ranked Utah. So, uh, Sean, yeah, I'm really excited for Thursday night. Um, I guess we should say uh, we apologize for our lack of podcast this fall. But as most of you know, Sean and I are also quite engrossed in um, other pursuits in the media field. Speaking of American football, uh, me and him hang out most days down there at BYU covering the Cougars. But we love talking soccer, and we figured we'd better get together and knock out a podcast here, especially with the quote-unquote new season with the MLS playoffs kicking off. And I'm hoping, Sean, we have another week we get to talk some RSL soccer if they win Thursday night in advance on to the Western Conference semifinals. No, we should definitely do it again. I mean, this is always fun, Jake. You know I enjoy it. Uh, you know I love it. And uh, what's that other podcast you were talking about with American football for those who are those of our listeners who are interested in uh, checking out your beloved work? Well, there's two of them. I, I believe you do one as well. I host a show called Locked on Cougars. It is a BYU centric podcast covering all things BYU. I know you do something similar. Mine, mine's daily. I, I do a, I do a daily show uh, covering BYU. But you also have yours, the Campus Report. Is that still is that still alive, Sean? I guess I should should ask. Oh, of of course. And and if you don't like that daily podcast or you want a little bit more breadth and also a lot more humor, uh, the weekly Sports Beat After Hours. Available oh, on I, on yeah. iTunes, Google Play, uh, Spotify, just about anywhere. Yeah, um, yeah. So I actually listen to the 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 After Hours podcast most early early Monday mornings when I'm driving into my radio show. I do morning sports radio for my day job. I actually listen to that podcast. And the funny thing is, I'm listening to it. We're not we're talking literally an hour or hours after it's been recorded, and it's absolutely hilarious to me. Hey, when you get three guys in a radio studio at 2 o'clock in the morning, hashtag weird happens. I believe it. All right, Sean. Well, I'm looking forward to it. We'll be tracking this game Thursday night. Um, Hopefully, we'll be back talking about another game the following week. If not, we'll come back and recap the season and look ahead to 2019. A lot in play, but it's really exciting this time of year, and I'm glad that RSL has made the playoffs and at least has given them a chance, given themselves a chance to make some noise. All right, that's a wrap. Thanks, guys.